Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Can you believe we're still in February? It's the shortest month of the year, but can be the longest month for some tennis players. A lot of tennis being played this month, like I've said before in the previous episodes in February. It's a lot of 250s, 500s, players kind of getting in the swing of things for the rest of the year. Yeah, the year just started. Yeah, the Australian Open just happened. But now is kind of the time where these players kind of get into a groove, right? February happens. There's a lot of 250s, 500s. Not everybody plays every one. Some players play a lot of them. They're kind of all over the world. But then America is next here in the month of March when it comes to Indian Wells in Miami. And then Roland Garros is after that, a few months after that. Right after that is the grass court season in Wimbledon. And then the hard court swing in America is only about a month or so after that. So things really get going fast once they get going, but the the start of the year always starts with a punch at the Australian Open, and then it slows down a little bit here in the month of February, the month of love, and then it goes on to more exciting things in March and so on. So this week, we're going to get into a few different tournaments. There were some tournaments that happened over the last week or so. That was a tournament in Qatar, there was a tournament in Rio, and then there was a tournament in France, the Open 13 province, which is a pretty popular tournament. All these tournaments are pretty popular, but the real tournament is the 500 and arguably the most important because you get more points for that. However, Rio is very far from Qatar and France. So if, you li- if you're going to commit to Rio, you kind of got to commit to Buenos Aires the week before and then go down to Reno and then head up, or not Reno, <laughs> Reno's in Nevada, Rio, and then go up, or, and then come all the way back up to the States after that for Indian Wells in Miami. So let's start in Rio. Uh, good tournament. It's a 500. It's on clay, though, so it's a little different than some of the tournaments guys have been playing right now because they start at hardcore in Australia, and then they go back to hardcore or they st- a lot of people stay in hardcore when they come for the American swing at Indian Wells and Miami, which I've now mentioned three times in this podcast. I promise I'll stop talking about them because I'll talk about them a bunch next month. However, there's a lot of hardcore going on, and then they go to clay court after that, getting ready for Roland Garros. But this is kind of, you know, a lot of players just like to play on clay court. And if you want to get used to the clay and get ready for Roland Garros moving forward, if that's your priority, then this is a, a good match. Deep field, deep, deep field. You got guys like Musetti and Schwartzman. Your top seed is Carlos Alcaraz. Good to see him back on tour playing well. And then you, you know, we have Cam Nori, Dominic Team, guys like that in this tournament. A, a lot of guys from South America, a lot of clay court guys in this tournament because the hardcore Americans are most likely going to stay away from this tournament or just skip this tournament and really wait for Indian Wells or so because they've been in Dallas or they've been in Delray, they've been in stuff like that. So, some guys just skipping these tournaments over this week, taking a week off, training a lot until they get back to another tournament right before 
either Indian Wells or at Indian Wells in a couple weeks. So, like I said, everybody approaches this differently. And it looks like Carlos Alcaraz really wants to get back in the swing of things for tennis. Alcaraz, great tournament. It's good to see him. You know, he gets his first win after coming back last week in Buenos Aires. And then he comes to Rio and does the same thing. He dominates through this tournament. Uh, Straight sets in the first round. You know, three sets against Fabio Fognini in the second round. Straight sets in the third. Semifinals, so straight sets. Uh, or in this, sorry, he gets straight sets to the semifinals, then goes against uh, Jerry and wins in three sets. And then in the final, he goes against Cam Nori. Cam Nori once again playing great tennis. I feel like he kind of burst onto the scene. A lot of people talk about him doing great things. And then he sat middle of the pack, which is also a great place for Cam Nori. That's the type of player he is. He's a really, really good player. But, you know, he's not, I don't think he's going to be winning a bunch of tournaments every single year. But, however, he is a really good player. So, he's starting to play really good tennis again, which is good to see as a tennis fan because Cam Norrie's entertaining. He has a good stroke. He's fun to watch. And he brings that lefty odd power to a lot of matches. So, he brings that into Rio. I didn't know necessarily if he had that clay court game, but he had that clay court game last week as he beats Carlos Alcaraz in the final, uh, loses in a tiebreak in the first, then goes 6-4, 7-5. Great tournament for Cam Norrie. This is a great, great win for Cam Norrie. And people forget about Cam Norrie. He's ranked 12 in the world right now. He moves up. He's 27 years old. He's dangerous at any given tournament, as you showed here. But, like, majors, he's dangerous. He's he's made a deep run at Wimbledon before. He's made, he's made appearances, good appearances at Grand Slams. Cam Norrie can be that guy. He's actually won Indian Wells before, which is a huge win for a guy of his stature. So, for him, he this is his fifth title. Right, he won two 2021. He won two in 2022, and he wins one here in 2023 early. I expect him to get at least another one this year. He is a great player. He's you know he seems middle of the road, that top 20. He's always going to be top 20, but man, he plays really really good tennis, and he's dangerous any given week on tour. As you see here, he beats Carlos Alcaraz, who is phenomenal. All right, moving on. Let's keep going here into another tournament that happened over the the last week, and that will be a tournament in France. We're going to head out to France for the Open 13 Province Tournament. Uh, It's a 250, so not as stacked as you would expect maybe a 500 to be, Uh, but still still a really good tournament with a really good showing and some solid players in this draw, you look at the top seed, and that's Hubie Hercotch, who's playing great tennis uh, right now. You got Grigor Dimitrov in this tournament. Uh, you keep going down here. Yannick Sinner's the two seed. We talked about him last week. Is he back? Is he not back? Who knows? Stan Wawrinka's playing good tennis. Still not ranked, but <laughs> playing good tennis in these tournaments. And Stan Wawrinka has a great tournament. He wins his first round. He wins his second round. He gets into the third round, and he loses to Arthur Phils, who is the guy who beat Yannick Sinner in the second round. Yannick Sinner struggling right now. It says he has to withdraw. Uh, He's kind of been back and forth and not quite sure what's going on with Yannick Sinner. I kind of went on a little rant last time, I would say, maybe, about Yannick Sinner and what exactly is going on with him. I'm not sure what's going on with him. But uh, he loses second round pretty early here in this tournament. Uh, Vavrinka, though, loses to that Phils, and Phils makes it all the way. To the semifinals, Hubie Hercotch, great, great tournament. Uh, he ends up winning this tournament. He goes through a lot of guys on this. He goes through Michael Yimer on the way to the semifinals, goes through Alexander Bublik in the semis. In the finals, he goes through uh, Benjamin Bonzi. So Bonzi, another name, unseated, great tournament. 
Benjamin Bonzi beats Cressy. Uh, he's ranked number 45 in the world from France, so it's a home tournament for him. And he takes full advantage of this. He beats Alex de Manure. He beats the Phils guy, Arthur Phils, who beats Stan Vavrinka. And he goes on to lose in two sets, straight sets, to Hubie Hercotch. It's good to see Hubie Hercotch winning these tournaments again. He's kind of, I kind of put him in the same boat as Cam Norrie. He's ranked number 11 in the world, so their ranking is not much different. He's one year younger than Cam Norrie. They're kind of very, very similar in that aspect. Uh, he he has, it looks like, six career wins, so almost five, but six. So him and Cam Norrie seem to be almost the same player when you look at paper, and they're both similarly, I think, they don't necessarily play similar games, but when watching them, they could both be powerhouses at times, and uh, sometimes you wonder, like, how did they lose, right? Like, how, how do you actually lose that? So, uh, Hubie Hurkacz, great win. The Polish man gets his first win in 2022, and like Cam Nori, I do expect more of these dubs out of Hubie Hurkacz this year just because of the level he is and how good he is. All right, let's go to Qatar. Doha, this is the Exxon Mobil Open that's in Doha, uh, in Qatar, in the Middle East, especially right now, they tend to get some really good players. And in this tournament, it's no different. Andre Rublev, the top seed, he uh, he's in this. Andy Murray's in this. Medvedev's in this. Um, a lot of good players in this tournament. Felix Ogiali, Asim, Davidovich, Falkina. Um, there's just names. Fernando Verdasco. There's names in this tournament, and they tend to get good ones there in the Middle East. And this tournament lives up to its height. Uh, Jiri Laheka, who has been playing great tennis ever since the Aussie Open, beats Andre Rublev in the quarterfinals. Rublev is the top seed here, and Laheka goes on to lose to Andy Murray. Andy Murray makes the final of this tournament. What an incredible tournament by Andy Murray. He beats Lorenzo. He he beats Lorenzo Sinego in three sets. He goes on to beat Alexander Zverev in three sets. He goes on to beat Muller in three sets. He beats Laheka in three sets. And then he loses in straight 6-4, 6-4 to Daniil Medvedev. What he is doing at his age is remarkable. He is battling through these tournaments. Young players got to be frustrated. He's 35 years old, ranked number 52 in the world. He was once on top of his game, top four in the world. I believe he was career number one at one point. And he's grinding back after having a metal hip and having a huge surgery a few years ago. These younger players think, you know, he's a thing of the past and they're not going to have to battle through him anymore. They are battling. And I mean battling through Andy Murray right now. It's it's incredible what he's doing on tour. The way he can go three set, three set, three set, three set, make it to a final and be very competitive. Very, very impressive. Would have been awesome to see him pull this off. But Daniil Medvedev, too strong and... He seems to be getting back in form a little bit. He's ranked number seven in the world. Uh, that is his, you know, it's already his second title of this year. He won Rotterdam, and then he won here in Doha. Interesting to see if he's going to be playing in more Grand Slams this year because of everything that's going on with Russia and Ukraine. So that could be interesting. Um, but I'd love to see him in more tournaments, and he's a dominant force. Him and Rublev are for sure. I know Rublev's playing in another tournament this week, and he is super, super good. I'd love to see those two Russians really get back into form again because I think um, politics aside, all that aside, they're good for tennis because, man, they can really strike the ball. Uh, they play a different, a total different type of game, but they are so entertaining to watch. They're good to watch. They're good for the sport, I think, and uh, I think they resonate with fans a little bit, and they're great with the fans. So I'd love to see both of them get going again. Obviously not the result Rublev wanted, but Daniil Medvedev, an incredible tournament, and looking forward to watching him moving forward, hopefully in America here real soon. 
All right, we're going to put a bow on this week's episode by talking about another factor of why Novak Djokovic might end up being the greatest tennis player of all time. Novak Djokovic has now beaten the record for the most weeks at world number one. Novak Djokovic has been world number one for 378 weeks. That beat Steffi Graf. She was at 377. Martina Navratilova was at 332. Serena Williams at 319. Roger Federer at 310. 378 weeks. He has been at the top of the totem pole when it comes to tennis in the world. Incredible, incredible stat. If you do the math, 378 divided by 52, 52 weeks in a year, 7.26. So he's been at, he's been world number one for over seven years in his life. Incredible. Some people's career barely holds on for seven years, let alone being the best in the world for over seven years. What, what a career that Novak Djokovic has had, and I think this might actually put him over the top if he gets that one more Grand Slam. That's going to be the argument that everyone goes to. Oh, he has more Grand Slams than everybody else. But if he just wins one more Grand Slam, this is it, right? He has He's going to have the most Grand Slams, and then he's going to have the most weeks at world number one. And when you look at how many you know ATP tournaments he's won in total and all that stuff, Novak Djokovic... I think, I've already said this before, but I think he'll end up being the GOAT because of just his stats, sheerly, and the way he plays. Um, you know, you're never going to get over the fact that, you know, Roger Federer is the best to ever play on grass, and Novak Djokovic, or Novak Djokovic is the best in Melbourne, and uh, Rafael Nadal is going to be the best player to ever play on clay, ever, ever. I mean, he has 14 grand slams on clay. No one's going to ever touch him, I don't think. But we also said that about, you know, the NBA scoring record and, uh, you know, LeBron James just beat it the other night with 38,000 some points. So, but I don't think anybody's ever going to remotely touch what Rafael Nadal has done at the French Open and it being at such a physical surface and he can do it 14 times. Incredible. But this stat right here, 378 weeks is unreal, almost unbelievable. It's so long. Like I said, over seven years to be at the top of the world when it comes to tennis. You are on top for that. Over seven years, the best player in the world. And, it's going to cement his legacy as probably the best player to ever play the sport of tennis. So hats off to Novak Djokovic, and that is going to do it for this week's episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. Appreciate you listening. Like I said before, Indian Wells in Miami, so close to happening. So close to happening. Great ATP 1000 is about to be right here in the United States. West Coast, East Coast, it's going to be covered all over the place. And it is truly, I think, two of the best tournaments back-to-back when it comes to ATP 1000s for sure. Uh, there's a reason why they call Indian Wells the fifth major and to play in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami brings out the stars. And we're going to see that here in a few weeks. I'll talk to you in March when those tournaments come. But next week, we're going to talk about those tournaments and the tournaments going on this week. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.